Hi guys and welcome back to You're So Rude. Today we're going to have a bit of a different episode and to put a quick disclaimer, we're not back from a season break. We just wanted, we felt like it was appropriate to issue, not issue a statement, but to do an episode about um, Black Lives Matter movement and the other injustices that we are unfortunately still facing to this day. I have three other guests with me today. Actually, I should have said that Sam is up here with me today. It's just me. Um, I have Carrion, Natalie, and Dan here with me. We all work together at our university this summer, and we especially wanted to film this episode because of the response that our university gave to um, the Black Lives Matter movement. So. I don't know if we're just going to jump right into it or if we are going to have some kind of conversation beforehand, but I hope you enjoy. Obviously, this is going to be a more serious episode. If that's not why you guys listen to us, feel free to skip it, but also I feel like this is going to be a really important episode just because we are going to cover some more heavy topics that you should be educating yourselves about. So uh, keep listening and we will see you or I'll see you, but you know, we'll hang out when we're back from our season break. Hey everyone, I'm Carrion. I'm a 24-year-old black gay male. Hey guys, I am Natalie, and I'm a biracial woman. And I'm Dan. I am a 21-year-old white gay man. So I guess that we can kind of start talking about how okay so I emailed our president yesterday and I was just like hey we haven't heard anything from the administration and I as a student-run organization president have already released a statement and I'm just wondering if the actual university administration would say anything and it was sad that we hadn't heard anything because there are so many other universities that have come out that have talked about we're not going to have campus police anymore or we're going to donate some kind of money but we hadn't heard anything and all four of us we are orientation leaders at our university and we were kind of thinking we don't have anything to say to our students if they ask what is the university doing in terms of responding to helping advancing the Black Lives Matter movement. So I we've already been in meetings throughout the day to talk about this, but again, I just wanted to reiterate, what are you guys' thoughts on what the university had to say about? And I guess we could say, like, it was just a long email about how we will be having a virtual town hall within a couple weeks. And the president just said, like, we hear you. And we'll talk about it later. And it was something, but I, and I've already sent another email saying that I just felt like it wasn't enough and I wanted action. And as a person of color at this university, I don't feel uh, understood, seen. Yeah, I don't feel seen. And I wanted more action right now. So I asked, like, what are the steps that the university is going to take? Because I felt like waiting, because the email said, like, within a couple weeks you'll hear from us and I just felt like I need to hear something now it'd be comforting to hear something between now and then because every single day people are dying for just being who they are and to not hear a statement from somebody that is so high up 
in our administration really sucks. So I just want to hear what you guys have to say about that. I, I kind of find it frustrating because our university prides themselves in, in being diverse and um, just like a, a person we were talking to today that our university has a reputation of excellence and it's disappointing that whenever it comes to like a hard topic, our university is silent and they, they speak empty statements. Yeah, I would, I would reiterate that just disappointment is mostly what I felt. Um, because one thing that stood out to me in the email was about how, like Natalie said, like how <clears throat> we pride ourselves on diversity and inclusion, but it is just like, it is an overwhelmingly white middle class campus. Mm -hmm. So you can't, you can't pride yourself on diversity and then release like a blanket statement that yeah. doesn't say anything basically mm -hmm. and I feel like my takeaway at least in like the past week um like going off of like our campus being overwhelmingly white I think that's an opportunity to educate the people that go to their school and spread how to be you know more respectful of people with um different identities and um you know, have more sympathy whenever it comes to this matter, but we haven't heard anything about that. I've learned more about, like, the correct ways to be an ally and show support from my position of privilege. I've learned more from, like, people posting on Instagram yeah. than I ever have from, like, any education system. And this is an educational institution where they have the opportunity to make a very, very big difference. We go to a liberal arts university, and which liberal arts is becoming a more well-rounded, educated person. That's the whole goal of a liberal arts university. And understanding and accepting diversity is something that I have not learned in any of my classes. So I think that's really frustrating. And I, know, I believe that our university could do better. And then I think for me personally, it makes me like look even beyond just like the figurehead of like our president and like thinking about higher education as a whole and how there's mm -hmm. a lot of like politics and like policing and like things that get like released because like we're thinking about the money that we have to receive or like continue to afford our institution and it just makes me like think about how I want to go into a career in higher education and like change those sort of things. Mm -hmm. And I think that was another like disappointing aspect to it was that um, our president's statement was like only released to current students and faculty. Like it wasn't a public statement. It wasn't addressed it to anyone other than like an email to us. And mm -hmm. it didn't even get released to people that finished their education yeah. four weeks I ago. I just graduated from our school in May and was not put on this email list at all. So like that's another thing that I find that's really frustrating is that is probably what close to 800 to 1,000 students that called our university their home for four years and unless the email was spread to them from somebody that's still a student they hear nothing and if it were me if I had just graduated and I heard any I heard hadn't heard anything I would be even more frustrated so especially since the people that just graduated are the people that are expected to donate money to this university yeah. if 
this is a movement that's important to you and a place that's important to you, if you don't hear anything from them, I wouldn't want to donate anything. Yeah. And it's frustrating as well that I felt like I had to email the president to ask for a statement. And I'm not saying that my email was the sole reason she gave a statement. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I wish that a statement had been released before I felt like I needed to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It seemed like a lot of people had actually emailed her to ask for a statement or responded to her statement this morning saying, like, I wanted more. This uh, this wasn't what I was expecting. So it's not just, like, that a few people are thinking that. There are a lot of people that are like, this isn't right. We want more. We expected more. And it was somebody that we were talking to earlier in our meeting, he said, like, you can expect more from your university. It's okay to be disappointed. But also, he did follow up with the fact that we should express that we're upset because that's how change happens. And I completely and wholeheartedly believe that, whether it's in the scope of speaking to our university's administration or a larger scope of, like, political activism, a problem can't be solved until it's, like, determined, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm really hopeful that... I know that this is more than just, like, a problem that can, like, simply be solved with, like, one law being passed, Mm -hmm. but I'm hopeful with, like, the amount of protests that have been happening and, like, the intensity of them Mm -hmm. that, like, people have been listening. Like, they did charge the officers in the George Floyd killing. They raised it to, like, second-degree murder, like... Pretty sure Minnesota has filed a civil rights suit against them, too. okay. The whole police department, People are listening, which gives me, like, hope that the more work that we put in to protest it, Mm -hmm. it'll be better. And I also want people to keep in mind, like, when these officers are being held accountable, that doesn't mean our job is done. Mm -hmm. I, when I, for International Club, put out a statement, I had said, like, we weren't done when officers were arrested. We weren't done when, when and if Breonna Taylor's killers will be arrested. Or Being an ally is a lifelong commitment. And if people aren't willing to do that, then they need to get their priorities checked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because this isn't a race problem. This is a humanity problem. And it just, like, the thing that makes me the most angry is that I don't understand how people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how can you look at somebody and be like, I deserve more than you. I am better than you. I will always be better than you. I don't understand where that mindset comes from. It's, and I can't wrap my head around how someone is, like, okay feeling that way. Yeah. I completely agree. And it's something, like, really hard to understand because even in, like, casual conversation with people, like, racial bias is implemented in it all. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, throughout all of my, like, secondary education or you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, I'd get comments from people like, wow, Natalie, you're so lucky that you have white hair. And it's like, at the moment, I was like, I guess so. Like, I just didn't really understand, like, the weight that that has. But if you read between the lines, people that have said that to me are admitting that they think that people are less fortunate when they have coarser hair. And, you know, whenever has, whenever I have been, like, reflecting on that, I just, like, am disgusted 
that people think that they're better because they have finer hair. Mm-hmm. And but that leads to a whole other thing whenever it comes to like what people can do like right now. You can educate yourself and you can change how you make people feel. You can change what you say. You can, you know, be more understanding, have more sympathy. And I think apart from like a political activism, that's like a huge step that everybody needs to take right now, regardless if you're white, black, mixed, any other race, that is a step that everybody should take. I was just like, one thing that I have been struggling with in terms of how I can help is um, donations because I see so many people posting like here's a great place to donate here's a great place to donate and I I Mm -hmm. I just don't have the money Mm -hmm. to help in that way and I know that that is such an important way to help but I think I've found ways to get around that like I've seen so many people posting those um, YouTube videos where it'll be like an hour long there'll be like a million ads in between it and Mm -hmm. all the revenue from the ads is going towards donations so I'm like here's a way that I can help Mm -hmm. for free like I can just turn it on in the background and do something else even if I don't want to watch the video I'm helping even though like I don't have the money myself to help so like helping like that protesting like actively taking part not just saying things like Mm -hmm. going and helping Mm -hmm. and then um just trying to educate the people around you, I think, is yeah. three ways that anyone can help. Right. And along with, like, because you said there, you have issues with not being able to donate because, like, I mean, we're all college students. We don't exactly have the funds mm-hmm. to donate money. And I'm trying to donate where I can, but there are also these really amazing accounts that are, like, for every like that this gets, I'll donate a dollar, whatever. For example, there is this dance competition dance competition at The Ohio State University, Buckeye Mela, and they said for every like we will donate one dollar and they they have maybe two thousand followers on their account and this is a student-run organization so they were like oh two thousand dollars like we'll be able to do it that post ended up getting thirty-five thousand likes because people were sharing it people were saying like this is a really great way to be able to donate money if you yourself don't have the funds and there were people saying like oh you're not going to be able to donate this like why did you do that and it's like it's not about like not having the funds is about showing like if a community needs to come together they will come together Mm -hmm. there are so many people that follow me that saw my instagram post that saw my reposting of that and liked it and i was like it's as small as that yeah and they along with like a couple other organizations like jalak and akd a couple other organizations came together to help buckeye mela and i think they donated almost fifteen thousand dollars just because they posted something on Instagram and it's not about like oh you weren't able to hold up your end of the deal no it was showing that like one they will do it and two to show that a community will come together yeah you know what I just did right now in the past like five seconds literally took no time someone posted on Instagram a link to an email template already filled filled out to demand um LAPD be defunded and releasing ICE detainees in California all I did was have to insert my name insert where I'm from boom email is sent to people who like have to have to see it you know yeah he did that in literally just the 10 seconds as I was speaking Mm -hmm. it's as easy as that and if you can't take the time out to do that. He was still listening to our conversation. <laughs> I thought he was like looking at a text on his phone. No, he just 
emailed somebody to make a difference. And if you can't find the time to do that, then you need to get your priorities straight because this is not even being dramatic. This is a matter of life and death. People are dying every single day because of the issues of systemic racism in this country. And we have people in power that are continuously pushing that systemic racism. Down our throats. Exactly. (laughs) We We go to schools that teach that systemic racism, but don't teach how to dismantle that. Yeah. They teach about it, about the history of it. It's not history. It is today. We are still dealing with systemic racism in our schools, in our government, in every aspect of our lives, and we're only taught about it. We're not taught how to fix it. And the thing is, this is not an overnight fix. This is decades worth, centuries worth that needs to be fixed because this has been going on for so long, and it's just now that people feel like they can stand up for themselves. But also, people have been standing up for themselves for so long but it's just that people aren't listening it's just that when somebody dies and it's publicized that is when people are like oh maybe I should make a difference sharing an Instagram post is not enough people are dying I don't know if you are listening to this podcast and aren't understanding I don't understand how a death does not affect you I don't understand why it has to be somebody that's close to you to die for you to realize that this is an issue. I don't understand why it isn't already an issue when you realize that somebody is dying because of the systemic racism that our country is facing. It's that simple. Sign a petition. Donate money. Educate yourself. Educate others. It's that easy. People from my high school post things on Facebook like, oh, well, I mean, like, slavery was abolished. Oh, well, like, Martin Luther King passed, like, civil rights, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you, you're not recognizing the fact that it is, racism is so, like, deeply ingrained into, like, every single law, into, like, police, police law enforcement, into, yeah. like... I don't want to get all like kooky crazy, but into like, <laughs> into like how capitalism is like forcing people of color into like poor housing situations and unequal job opportunities and like people, the, the white wealthy people in power have not done anything to make a difference because they don't want to make a difference. They, they don't see it. It doesn't, mm. it, it doesn't benefit them. It doesn't, yeah. Exactly. And it doesn't honestly, inconvenience them either though. Yeah. Honestly, at this point in the podcast, if you're still listening, this probably doesn't apply to you, but if this conversation makes you uncomfortable, you need to think about why. Exactly. I see people on Facebook this last week that are like, oh, I need to log off of Facebook. I hate how negative it is right now. Like, no, I just this need a is break. Op- this is an opportunity to see everybody's posts, see everybody's perspective, see everybody's pr- opinions, and mm-hmm. think about how you have acted in your life and reflect on it and make a difference exactly instead of logging off this is your time to make a change yeah and for the people that are like out there listening and making a change i just want to say like i know a lot of people are like oh i have all these racist people on my social medias i'm about to delete and block them like honestly i don't feel like you should delete and block them you should leave them there and continue to post whatever it is you're gonna post and like jump into their comments if you need to and like yeah start a conversation if that's what they need yeah and i just said something earlier today like a lot of people think that there needs to be a time and place to talk about racism but that's like 
exactly our problem. Yeah. Everybody think there has to be certain conditions to call people out. If your great uncle is talking about how all lives matter on Facebook, this is your opportunity to be like, hi, I don't want to start an argument with you. I just want to let you know X, Y, and Z. I want to put this example into the world for you to think about. Instead of deleting him, ignoring him, or trying to cower to their opinions. And the thing is, like, people say there's 33 time and place for this kind of conversation. I feel like that is because we want to be sure that the white man doesn't get uncomfortable. Exactly. We, I want to make you uncomfortable because I want you to realize that, like, this is not okay. Yeah. Like, just for instance, today we had a Zoom meeting. There was us, like, 15, 16 orientation leaders, our supervisor, and we just started chatting. And it was extremely uncomfortable. It was really emotional. Like, and, I cried. <laughs> yeah, I did too. And those conversations are what make differences. I'm sure there was somebody listening in on that conversation, and they were like, wow, I haven't really felt affected by this, but this is deep. This is yeah. affecting people. Because especially, like, if you see somebody that you care about cry about something, because I had a few of our coworkers reach out to me afterwards and yeah. say, or as soon as I started crying, <laughs> <laughs> somebody reached out to me and was like, I didn't realize how hard this was for anybody until right now. And, like, first of all, thank you for saying something, whatever. Because I, I told them, like, I I contacted the president. This is what she said. And this is how it made me feel. And that's when I started crying. And if you can, like, these little conversations can make a change in somebody. I yeah. found that today. And somebody, and even, like, the group, our supervisor said it today, like, the group that we were having a conversation with, they, they specifically pick us because they believe that we are accepting and come off as open-minded people, but there were still, like Kavya said, there were still people that were like, wow. And to be completely honest with you, like, as being a person of color during this time, it's, like, very emotional. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know... People start to look at you differently. Yeah. Yeah, and there, this whole problem is based on identity traits that are completely uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. And so there are people born with white skin and they already have an upper hand. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, that's when I start to get angry about people who are using like Blue Lives Matter as a way. Because yeah. like when you're born a person of color in this country, that is you, that is your life. Mm-hmm. Cops like put on the uniform every time they go to work and then take it off every time yeah, they go they home. Yeah, choose. Yeah, you choose to be in an occupation that is meant to keep marginalized identities down. Mm-hmm. Like, like that is your job, is to, like, maintain the, the capitalist peace. status quo. Maintain like, the peace for the people mm-hmm. in power. That is what... Exactly. That mm-hmm. is what a police institution is was made for, and that's what it still is today. I'm sh- like I said earlier, I'm sure there are really great cops out there that mean so well, but as like a whole entity, the police force, the police system, is maintained or is is, is meant to maintain to the peace for people in power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crimes are committed to disrupt the status quo, whether it's like violent or non-violent, whether it's something that, like, any of us agree with or disagree with, a crime 
disrupts the status quo. And so cops, like, just crack down to keep everything the exact same. Yeah. And don't even get me started on the prison system. (laughs) (laughs) All the prison by There are just so many ways right now that you can help and it amplify the voices of the Black Lives Matter movement. And if you aren't seeking for more ways every single day, then you aren't doing the Black Lives Matter movement justice. Like I said, this is not a one-and-done kind of thing. This is an everyday commitment. And this This is going to go on for a long time. Exactly. This isn't going to be finished overnight. This is something that you have to tell yourself every single day. Like, how can I help? Mm -hmm. How can I use my voice? How can I use my privilege to help the Black Lives Matter movement? And if you are a white, cishet person watching this, I'm talking to you specifically. How can you help? My cousin, she's been a godsend during this. Like, I've, I've been getting all of my information from her. She went and Venmo requested every white man that she knows $50. <laughs> and some people declined it and sent her $100 instead. And wow. that Exactly. And then she went and requested everybody who, like, posted a black square on Instagram to be like, you did that, so what else can you do? Give me $10. Exactly. And she's been taking all that money and obviously donating it to places that she feels are necessary because... The bigger businesses are saying, like, take your money to the smaller businesses. They are the ones that are suffering the most. Mm-hmm. And, like, she has just been such an angel. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely hilarious that she requested $50 <laughs> yeah. from every white man she does, though. <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter posting, like, hey, here's a threat. Like, if you if you are black and have, like, a small business, post it underneath so, like, people can, like, shop from you. And I'm getting a lighter from this gal who prints off, like, your nudes and then puts them on a lighter. <laughs> I can't wait to have that. And I think, like, if you are a white person listening to this, um, be, like, this time is an opportunity to, like, make a huge difference. I saw that um, they're organizing... A second March on Washington on the anniversary of the March March on Washington that like MLK first Whoa. organized. Oh. So that'll be happening like in August. Like suddenly, um, am I taking a road trip? Yeah, I'm going to Washington. Washington. <laughs> I mean, we'll see if Trump like puts the military on peaceful <laughs> protesters well, again. But I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That's actually something that like I watched his debriefing about this whole thing. I think it was last week at some point, and I got goosebumps for all the wrong reasons. Whenever he said, we will wield any power necessary yeah. to maintain the peace. Yeah. And that's terrifying. Yeah. Because really, you're willing to, like, use the military against your own people? And we have people that support him in, like, whatever your economic affiliations are with the president or whatever you support him for. Like, But to hear someone say that and to, like, yeah. read those words as saying, like, I'm going to kill a bunch of people if they do not stop fighting for what they believe in and to still support him. Yeah. Mm. It's so disturbing. What about the white people who had, like, machine guns and were protesting the fact of, like, coronavirus lockdown? Like, where was the pushback against that from them? If any person of color were to walk up to a Capitol building in a state with a machine gun, 
They would be. They wouldn't even. They, on site. Mm. they wouldn't even make it a hundred feet from the property line. They would mm-hmm. already be dead. Yeah. And the fact that white men had machine guns in the faces of of mm-hmm. the officials um, defending the property, like that, simply right there, just speaks so loudly mm-hmm. about the privilege in this country. And Donald Trump at that time was just like, oh, they're very nice people. Like. Governors need to open up their states, but the second that you have any kind of affiliation with the Black Lives Matter movement, Donald Trump is like, once the looter, once the looting starts, the shooting starts. Think about the difference in that. Donald Trump threatened to shoot people if, and I, the thing is like, when he uses the word loot, I don't think he realizes what he's saying. Mm -hmm. When he says loot, he means any kind of protesting, honestly. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you start protesting, you will be shot. That is your president. And I'm not going to say my president, because he is not Mm -hmm. my president. I saw that Jake Paul got arrested for looting during, like, while the riots were happening. Are you kidding me? He, like, posted a YouTube video of himself just, like, looting during the riots, and apparently he got arrested. He's (laughs) one of the most wealthy YouTubers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's looting. He was just out there for, like, fun. To antagonize the violence. Yeah. David Dobrik donated $50,000 to the Black Lives Matter movement. And then we have That is my like, president. No, I'm kidding. David Dobrik for president. And then you have people like Jake Paul who are like, I'm going to film this for fun. Yeah. Contributing to the violence. Yeah. Which is, and that's another thing I had the realization the other day. Part of me, okay, don't let me get too off track, but, like, <laughs> This is a conspiracy theory in the works. (laughs) People antagonizing protests to cause violence dirties the water of the protest's message. Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory because there are videos of, like, cops placing, like, bricks outside buildings so, like, Mm -hmm. protesters Mm -hmm. will, like, in hopes that, like, protesters... Yeah. Well, it just makes me wonder, like, you know... I have watched a lot of political drama shows, so, like, the world, or the the options are endless about what people will do to maintain their power, yeah. but I just wonder, is there a very powerful person who is coercing these people to make protests violent, mm-hmm. to suppress the message of the protest? I don't know. Absolutely. It probably is, yeah. like, knowing where we are today, and, like, how threatened white men feel and, like, white men in power feel right now. White men in power. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? And there are videos of, like, people keep saying that the protesters are the ones that are destroying buildings, but there are videos of, like, people that are against the protests that are destroying buildings because also, like, the business owners that are black that are, like, they're, like, these are our businesses that are being burned and mm-hmm. torn down. Why would we do that to our own buildings? It's obviously not us. And, like, yeah, there are some cases where it's different. But keep in mind that there are, that there are anti-protesters. That It sounds stupid because it is stupid. These people against the protests that are destroying buildings to try to get attention. As if you don't already have the attention all the time. Speaking of protests, a few of us went to a protest in our town the other day. I think it was me and Dan, right? Did you Karen, did you? Karen oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Wait, you were with us. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I, 
I didn't we go. see where my head is. Yeah. But I encourage you stand up and go. It is one of the most satisfying things mm-hmm. ever to stand there for something you believe in and making others uncomfortable. Forcing forcing an opinion down their throats so they can change. Because, I don't know, I sent a Snapchat video while I was there and I was like, I love seeing all the racists drive by and be extremely comfortable so they can feel an ounce of what people of color feel on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Feeling, exactly. feeling called out and... Just feeling everything watched. Of, yeah. Feeling everything of that sort. It's like, it was so fun to stand on the side of the road and see people try to, like, stare straight ahead. And I just wanted to, like, stop them and be like, why are you scared of this? Mm-hmm. Is it because you have a different opinion? Yeah. Because if it is, you need to check your opinion. Right. And the thing is, like, if people are scared, that means that they realize that they have the wrong opinion. Exactly. If you were confident in your wrong opinion, you would be fine. And I would like to say that, like, going to that protest was, like, one, it was uncomfortable for me because, like, I never considered myself to be, like, a radical revolutionary ever in my life. And I'm just like, oh, this is also so uncomfortable. But, like, going, to, yeah, going yeah. to that, like, made me feel, like, really happy to, like, be in this spot. Like, to be like, oh, I am projecting out into this world that my life does matter. The lives of other people of color and black people does matter. And, like to see all these other people who, like, are white to also standing here next to me and, like, screaming, Black Lives Matter, say his name, say her name type of, like, statements. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, whoa. Like, it was this very is, like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a white person that I was friends with from back home who made, like, a lengthy Facebook post about Black Lives Matter. And I know deep down he probably had good intentions with it, but... Like, 75% of the post was being, like, here's my black friend, and here's why they've done oh, so much no. wrong. Oh, because so, like, just because you have a black friend, like, you're not yeah. racist? I was I like, had... you need an excuse to think that yeah, black lives matter? Yeah. Like, you have to know someone and, to... And, like, I don't know. Stories that I can share about growing up around my friends speaks that even though you have a friend who's a person of color... You can still be racist in, in what you say and how you say it and what you believe and what you condone. So this is a really, like I said, this time is a really great opportunity to listen to other perspectives and become educated on how you can make a difference and how you can learn to educate other people as well. Mm-hmm. And if you realize you're racist, understand you do not have to be racist for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, no, that's an amazing point. Like, at this point, for instance, if... I don't know. What's a look what's an example of like everyday racism? I don't know. Little like what that woman said to you. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. Mm. So I we're all living in a dorm this summer to make like getting instructions and doing orientation a lot easier. And there are some international students and some other students living on campus as well. And I left my dorm one morning and this woman came up to me. And she asked what my name was. I told her it was Kavya. She asked me where I was from. And I said, like, you know, I'm from this town. And she was shocked. And her response was, I just figured you'd be from somewhere more exotic because of your dark skin. And I, like, immediately defended it. And I was just like, oh, maybe, like, she... Maybe she means well. Yeah, maybe yeah. she means well. I Every interaction I've had with her previous was really sweet. But, like, I can't do that. Yeah. It was wrong, and mm-hmm. I should be aware that it was wrong. And if you're a person that hears this comment, if you're a person that makes this comment, it is your job 
to stand up for what's right. For what's mm-hmm. right, exactly. And, yeah. I think earlier when we were in our Zoom call, the man we were talking to, he asked us all to... Um, say a word. Say then. a word. Say, say yeah. a one-word response to how we feel. And a lot of it was, like, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, Disappointed. whatever. Yeah. And carry on, did you feel, did you say supported? I said supported because I was thinking, like, back to, like, the protest and, like, thinking about, like, I never realized, like, like the other people in our staff that, like, went to the protest and things like that and, like, how our supervisors talked to us about and, like, a lot of our people from the office of our admissions, like, were at the protest. So, like, I'm, like, a, like, optimist. So, like, yeah. I was, like, despite all the craziness going on, I still am able to see, like, yeah. all these people around well, me that really are, like, being really That was good. the first moment I cried during that meeting <laughs> was seeing Carrie comment. <laughs> the fact that, like, we were able to, like, reschedule our work shifts mm-hmm. to, like, yeah, go yeah. to the protest. No, that's, that's we're, another really we're lucky great thing. For that. Like, yeah. our two bosses, they... They both, like, oversee what we do, mm-hmm. and they made a post on our, like, communication platform, and they're like, hey, we know there's a protest going on, and we know there's work, there's, there are work shifts scheduled for tomorrow, so if you want to go to the protest, just let us know, and we'll reschedule you. Don't worry about it. Like, mm-hmm. we want you to, like, feel like you are a part of this. Right. And I wonder and I doubt, honestly, that there was any other boss in Kurtzville that said that to their employees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every single day that I've left that office, I have had an incredible conversation with our two bosses, just, like, about the Black Lives Matter movement, and just, like, anything that has to do with that, and they have made me feel supported and heard. As a person of color, I am angry that we don't feel supported, and I'm angry for everyone I know that is a person of color that doesn't feel supported. I'm angry and they supported that. They validated me and like they, this is just going to turn into us gushing about our bosses. (laughs) It's because they're amazing. (laughs) Um, But they are wonderful and they were so open to letting us go because they knew this was important to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very interesting time, especially like somebody like, being a person of color, like, I don't know, it's really interesting to talk about this, like, I really enjoy this discussion that we're having, because this is probably, like, the most, apart from, like, the conversation Kavi and I had with our boss last week, like, this is probably the most, like, candid, open discussion about racism that I've ever had in my life, and I think that, I hope that that changes, and it becomes a regular thing to where people aren't uncomfortable. Just to speak on, like, the... The fact that this is happening right now. June is Pride Month. And I have already seen a lot of white gay men just posting, like, Happy Pride Month! Like, let's celebrate Pride. Let's celebrate where we come from, how proud I am to be myself. And you should be... (laughs) Yeah, you should be proud to be yourself, but also... Now is not the time. (laughs) Now is the time to focus on the lives that are, like, being so violently oppressed. Other minorities. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I will never, ever, ever understand or experience the same level of, like, systemic oppression that people of color face. Like, I know that. And I think that white... There's, like, there's already so much racism inside the gay community people who like will not consider anyone because of like their race or Mm -hmm. because of their body type or 
this whole like laundry list of things that like a a buff white gay man would be like you can't be this can't be this yeah. like they're just can't looking to dig their twin they're just looking to dig their twin now is the time to like speak out for black lives mm-hmm. and like black trans lives like yeah. those people who are murdered every single day like those intersectional justice for tony exist. mcdade yeah. like find find his killers and charge those policemen that killed him and it's a lot but we we can as like a gay community be proud of ourselves without making this time about ourselves mm-hmm. like we you we can celebrate ourselves while also being aware that there are other issues going on mm, being aware now is not the time yeah <laughs> and sometimes gay people like to like just talk and talk and talk like now <laughs> now like if i if i have spoken too much during this conversation or like interrupted you during this conversation like that's not my place you know mm-hmm. call but, me out i'll call but, everyone out that i can but like is it your place because like i mean we're all part of a marginalized group and i feel like we all have a voice but also this. like white people can and should have a voice about it yeah. too. Oh, yeah white people should but not don't my like my opinion on it and what like opinions from like black people that i've seen is like don't make the conversation about yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to, like, post a full-length dissertation. Like, this is why I'm supporting the Black Lives Matter. Like, it's, like, good for you, but, like... You don't have to justify why you're supporting yeah, it. Just support uh-huh. it. Yeah. Just support it and, like, make active, like, moves to support it. Don't just say it and then mm-hmm. not do anything. Yeah. Like, you have to believe that you're supporting it, not just say it for the clout. I can speak about my own support, but I can't speak to the experience in the same way that you guys can. I have, like, unfollowed a lot of people that have felt like posting about their vacations or their selfies mm-hmm. are more important than the Black Lives Matter movement, and especially posting it on Tuesday, which is Blackout Tuesday. Yeah. And, like, I didn't participate in that. I felt like it's more important to spread information rather than clog the timeline Mm -hmm. with black squares um and i just felt like if you are so privileged and close-minded that you feel like your vacation is more important then i want no part of you this whatever 19 million people use the blackout tuesday hashtag on instagram and only 11 million people signed the petition for like justice for george floyd Mm -hmm. Mm. that's Eight million people mm-hmm. that yeah. o- omitted <laughs> that omitted their voice. Yeah. They're just doing it for like the performance. And so. honestly, to be completely honest with you, I think the Blackout Tuesday it had the best intentions because if you think about it, like everybody posted Black Square apart from the people that are posting like educational, important information. Mm-hmm. You scroll through your feed and you only see that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think those intentions are great, but. Part of me, I hate to think about that, but part of me thinks that people only posted those black squares to make them feel better, that they yeah. haven't said uh, anything yet. Yeah. Exactly. So that's where I have a problem with it. Because mm-hmm. you still don't have to say anything. You, you don't. Just you just post a black square. Hashtag Blackout Tuesday exactly. never say anything. And that's yeah. all it is. And it's like, okay, are you doing this because like this is your chance to 
fit in with the crowd and post mm-hmm. in black square? Mm-hmm. Or are you doing this because, like, you want to make a difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I was in conversation with somebody who talked about how, like, you shouldn't shame somebody for how they um, support right now by posting a black square. And so they put that on their story, and I swiped up, and I'm just like, look, I get that you have the best of intentions right now, but you need to understand that, like, one of the only places that people are getting true information, true, fast information, is on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And by posting just a black square with no information is just clogging the timeline. If any, now that I'm thinking about it in, like, hindsight posting a black square first and then educational information behind mm-hmm. it yeah. or something like that would have been like a lot more beneficial and hopefully like the way we spread information evolves into something a lot more productive but mm-hmm. as of right now my my overarching opinion about it it's a little problematic mm-hmm. there are just like so many other more productive ways to support mm-hmm. and by just posting a black square like that's not enough and it never will be enough and, like, at the end, at in the description box below, I will be uh, writing out the different places you can donate, the different petitions you can sign, and all the different ways that you can help. Some Instagram accounts, that would be a good place to check out if you want to find more ways every day to donate or help out in any way. So, I'm giving you every single avenue that you can to help out, and if you don't take those, that's on you, and you need to deal with that by yourself. Especially if you're a white person... Recognize your privilege and use it as an advantage. Mm-hmm. Whenever your friends, you know, make a remark that has racial underlining, call them out and be like, hey, that probably wasn't very appropriate. Mm-hmm. Try saying this or not saying anything at all. Yeah. Because, like I said, I've been reflecting about, like, my upbringing, and there are so many experiences, like, embedded in my life where... I was like, wow, that's racist, regardless of how I felt, like, in the moment. I'm like, it's not okay, and every single one of us, regardless of our race, have the power to um, affect how people feel. So take that and use it for the good instead of the bad. I think that's really all all of us have to say at this point. Um, thank you so much if you've made it this far. This is a heavy topic, but it is so incredibly important that we have conversations like these and that we check our own privilege and we help out where we can to amplify the voices of the Black Lives Movement. I don't know how to do Sam's outro, but I think she just says you can follow us at Your So Rude Pod on Instagram. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a couple other places. Um, Like I said before, I will be leaving places that you can donate, some petitions you can sign, and other places that you can help out the Black Lives Matter movement. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you in Season 2.